was a, a violent uh, NXT takeover. Uh, this is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, I'm here with Mr. Silly Sellis. This is part two of our episodes today. If you didn't catch part one, me and Dr. M kind of gave a final preview of NXT takeover and you can hear how right or wrong we were on that. We also talked about the Brock Lesnar UFC announcement as well as uh, reactions to this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Um, Dr. M, the uh, the women's expert, the residential women's expert condemning the current women's division scene, um, specifically mm. Dana Brooke. But um, Mr. Silly Sellis, hello. What's going on? Uh, good show. Ready to review. Yeah, man. Um, I guess let's start with the main event. Um, I guess I. it was a very definitive end of the feud. Um, the muscle buster from the second rope. Very brutal. Yep. After um, both men kicking out of each other's finishers, talking about Finn Balor and Samoa Joe in the cage for the NXT Championship, of course. Um, I guess that maybe what was what the uh, the end of the beginning referred to. Um, I was expecting. I guess maybe a lot of people were expecting something really big to happen, like in terms of storyline development or some something leading to someone being called up more definitively because. You know, the, the lasting image was Joe Joe holding the title up and Finn Balor being attended to by medics. Um, I guess maybe I shouldn't have gone in with expectations of what the end meant, um, but that was a really good match, don't you think? Yo, it was a very good match. And even add to your point, too, even a tease of Bobby Roode um, that showed yes. the segment right before the main event, that yes. was even an extra tease, too, to think it was Bobby Roode going to be involved in the main event. But I think it was, it was a good main event. Um, honestly, even though it was a steel cage and it had some high-impacting moments, I'm not sure if that was the best match we have seen out of those two. But once again, it, it gave that, that storybook quote-unquote ending yes. to the feud, um, and, and, which is always good. You always like to end feuds where... It's like a closed book. You don't need to write any other chapters or wish something was left off. It did what it needed to do um, and a solid end to the show. Um, and, and I have no complaints with it. You know, um, I'm glad you mentioned kind of the trilogy of matches. I also didn't think it was the best of the three matches, but it was it was definitely different than the other two matches. With, you know, being in a cage, it's what it needed to do, and they executed it very well. Which of the three was your favorite? I'm, I'm going to guess you're leaning towards Dallas since we were there live. Yeah, and I'm leaning towards Dallas. And I think, in honest my opinion, I think Dallas had to be rebooked while we were there because of the blood spots that kind of slowed up the pace of the match. I loved it, um, though. I thought it felt but, more real. Oh, it was great. It was great. The energy in that crowd, maybe that brought it to the match for that main event was even great. Uh, but the match, I thought that I think that was the best match between the three was definitely in Dallas. And once again, I'm not trying to be partial because we were there, but it still was a great match. Yeah, I, I went back and watched um, that one as well as the one in London, and they they haven't had a bad match, and they've been really brutal matches. I I hope Finn's okay after that muscle buster from the second rope. Man, goodness yep. gracious, what a what a hellacious spot that was. But, but props to Joe that he he performed it very well. You could t- you saw he took his time. Yes, to you make can't sure rush he that. Spot. 
Yeah. Because remember, Tyson Kidd actually is still injured because of a muscle buster that happened um, on, I think it was a pre-show event that was not taped, of course, before Raw. And that's how Tyson Kidd got hurt. So he wanted to make sure he's very careful. And I think if you executed properly, it landed on the shoulders of his back and not his neck. So I think that was very impressive by Joe to make sure he took care of this spot yeah. um, in that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it was a well-worked match. There were some parts that were very, you know, real Finn falling off of the ropes and kind of um, wishboning himself a couple times there in that match. But, I mean, that's a dangerous high-risk situation. That's going to happen. I don't I don't put anything on Finn Balor on that. Um, I thought his entrance was great. It may have been his best entrance to this point with the cages uh-huh. being incorporated, and I like the new – the new uh, paint gimmick. I know someone on our group text was like, ooh, the club, he matches the club. Yeah. I, I didn't think that at first, but it was, that's kind of cool too. I thought he matched the White Sox, if anything. Oh, well, there you go, yeah. Um, but <sighs> this is probably the – okay, so typically when we've had a really big, meaningful star um, make the transition to the main roster, it was kind of like they had a send-off and – you know, like a moment, like what Sami Zayn did. Um, uh-huh. I guess Neville, to a certain extent, with that that match with yep. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens with the cage match, or not the cage match, but the ladder match rather at Takeover in Brooklyn last year. Um, Even Bo Dallas had a ladder match that was kind of his send off. Yeah, and and maybe that's what this was for Finn. I think everyone does expect him to be called up when the brand split occurs. I think he's, you know, um, an upper mid card starting out but definitely a main sure. eventer in, in you know in the making um so my next question is who is the next challenger for Samoa Joe who is the king of the NXT mountain at the moment I think I, th- I think you might have to bring in somebody like, like a Bobby Roode somebody that's a, a bigger name to shoot him right to the main event spot and not waste time per se and and try to see if somebody developmental can come up um I think this is a time where if you have the brand extension and I think you mentioned it before yourself, Aaron, that bringing these top names, the Eric Youngs, and I don't mean to make it a TNA light, but the Eric Youngs, the Bobby Roos, uh, the Austin Aries, the Nakamoras, bring those into your forefront. The Hideo Tommies, bring those as your top six if you're not going to move any of them up. And that way you have a lot of the younger ones um, that are up and coming that was on breaking ground to try to get their chance to be elevated to see what they can do on the next takeovers. Uh, of the future, even Elias Sampson, you know, he, even though he just got recently hurt, yeah, this yeah. is a good time for him to be the mid card of NXT to see what his gimmick can really do. Well, I I think you named my pick. You know, I I like that we kind of have an NXT six, as it were, if, if you kind of factor in Hideo coming back soon, as rumored. Um, Bobby Roode, potentially Eric Young. Apparently, him and Bobby Roode had not signed deals as of a couple days ago, according to Triple H's phone conference type of thing. Mm-hmm. With the media, um, but yeah, you got you got Rude, Young, Joe, Nakamura, Aries, and then who'd you say? Uh, Tommy was the sixth one. That's yeah. that's a pretty pretty deep roster considering you're going to maybe take Finn Balor and potentially American Alpha given the result of their match. We'll get to that oh, in a absolutely. second. Absolutely, I would agree. Um, I think I think you kind of have to go Joe Nakamura in Brooklyn, don't you think? I w- I would like that. I would I would like that. I mean, they were singing his song the whole match, and singing people's song is kind of a kind of a, a gimmicky thing with crowds these days. Um, you know, we made it pretty popular in Dallas and at WrestleMania, and I don't like to brag, but I'm, I'm a part of pretty um, pretty popular things that catch on. I was part of one of the biggest John Cena booing crowds of all time to start yep. that out, WrestleMania 22. Uh, again, don't want to brag. Um, 
And we were all part of the John Cena sucks. It seemed like that started at New Orleans at WrestleMania. Yeah, that, the singing thing that they do during his entrance every time now. Um, yeah, I I think I think you have to do Nakamura, um, Joe, at this point. You know, Nakamura has made mention of the title in his feud with Austin Aries. Um, we can get to that match next. You know, that was a very uh, definitive win for Nakamura, and I think it made a statement that, you know, he's going to get in the title picture here. And I guess to be fair, I challenge anyone to name a bigger match with the current roster for that title than Nakamura Joe. Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 it, you can't. Nakamura is just super, super white hot right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's the definition of white hot, especially in the NXT brand that's going to continue to bring some great matches. And even the match that he had with Austin Aries, like that. I mean, you have to give it to Austin Aries. He worked his butt off with Nakamura. Oh, it was he tried great. Some things and and oh, even the bumps he even took on himself was just great to see. That was a, that, of course to me that was the match of the night. But just the fact that. The more and more you see Nakamura, I just hope fans appreciate it. This is what he's been doing his whole career. Yeah. So this is a really chance to see on the U.S. for those that don't follow him well that like this is it. This is where you're going to get every single night. He's going to bring you that best out of your opponent, and he can do the work himself, and he can make sure you work with him, and he sells just as well. So I, it's it's great. Yeah, it was. Um, they definitely started out a little slower, you know, with Austin Aries getting a lot of that heel heat. Um, mm-hmm. Austin Aries looked like a million bucks, and I, I had picked him to win because I thought it would have done more for Austin Aries than it would for Nakamura to win this match. But um, it was what it was. I think Aries looked good in defeat, which is what you want with a big match like this. So I hope that they have plans um, moving forward for him, especially as a heel, because I think he's a better heel than a babyface. Um, that the spot where he took the bump on the ring apron and then the spot where he oh. kind of had Nakamura outside the ring after um, a big move and he took a dive pretty much straight into the guardrail. My so, goodness. Yep. Um, and then he took two Kinsashas um, to end the match. He did. Uh, just wow. Um, the women's match for the women's championship, I, I, I get the story that was told Nia Jax is a beast. And you have to really change your game plan up when you work her because she's just so big and dominant. For sure. I don't know, man. If someone's big and dominant, how come they lost? She lost in her last two NXT Women's Title matches. I agree, and just furthermore, you know, I, I, to me, she has the whole entire package. But I'm still not sold on her just based on her ring music alone. When I look <laughs> at her, I look at somebody like that could be Karma. Know, somebody and like when you see the visual aspects when we're coming to the ring to focus on her eyes you know to see her turn and her ring gear all excellent and you hear the pop music going on in the background it's like no i'm not sold on you as being the big bad wolf but it's the 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 it, it's all there it's like the pieces are all there it just needs to be fine-tuned to make her that beast that bona fide beast and i think wwe has not been successful on trying to capitalize their larger women to make them dominant as much as TNA has, because when TNA has done it in the knockout division, you made your big woman dominant. You made them fearful. Like, it's no way a little girl is going to be a big woman. So it, it's just hard to book it, but you can be you can book it correctly if done correctly. I mean, that's the thing is that nobody on the roster should be beating her if she's that dominant. And it's just, like you said, the, the music's horrible. Um, the ring gear was on point tonight. I did like the oh, ring yeah, gear a lot. I thought the, the hooded jacket was tight. Um, you know, I have no problems with the way she works in the ring. I think it's a very believable. 
Um, Asuka's dominant, but she's much smaller, and they played that that story very well. But I guess I just so clearly we're headed towards the Bailey and Oscar rematch. You can kind of tell that from the backstage, yeah. you know, exchange of looks, as it were, between Bailey and Oscar. Um, then from there, you assume Bailey loses to Oscar and goes up to the main roster, as rumored. Nia Jax maybe gets another shot and is finally successful at that point. Um, I heard that um, Athena, and they're given her a new name now, did a dark match tonight against Peyton Royce. So you've okay. got to think she's going to be kind of coming into that division as well. But yeah, I just, I, I, I kind of almost, I would have liked to see Nia Jax get the win here um, as much as I love Asuka. But I see, you know, you got to tell that story with Bailey, but you want to save it for Brooklyn. I don't know. It's kind of like one Dr. M and I talked a little bit about how parts of the main roster are kind of in a holding pattern. It, um, it is. It um, really is. And that's how you can tell how the Raws are right now. Yeah. So if you want to hear more about that, specifically with the women's division on the main roster, check out part one of this episode. Dr. M really got into that. Um, the tag match was tight. The tag oh, match was. was tight. It was. Um, how do you feel about Shout American Alpha point. dropping the straps again? Or not uh, again, but for the... Uh, me and D-Wayne was actually on the phone when this was happening. I was trying to give him live updates because he, of course, wasn't by uh, his iPad or TV. And the first thing I said, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, by them dropping the titles, this may be the big thing for them to go ahead and get called up to the main roster. And yeah. I would be in favor of that. And shout out to the Revival. The Revival are a great, bona fide, classic tag team. Keep your opponents into the ropes close to you. They just know how to work a tag match. And I, and I love it. Yes. And here's what I also think, and, and tell me if you think this is wrong, Aaron. I would not be, I mean, excuse me, I would be in favor if they had two tag titles, one for Raw and one for SmackDown, because if you have four people in a main event or main event per se of the tag team titles at your pay-per-view with Money in the Bank, easily you can add four teams to one brand, four teams to another brand, and you can have bona fide storylines with your tag team. That way, the Ascension maybe can be back in the ball, but maybe they can be booked on a SmackDown where they can be uh, rejuvenized when when the suspensions are over. And maybe you can have the Vaude villains, you know, feud on another show. Uh, you know, have some good three to four month feuds. Maybe sometimes feuds are not meant for the titles. Feuds are just meant to have good shows. We mm-hmm. had great tag teams back in the Attitude Era that didn't go for the titles. I think that's could be a real good thing for WWE if you had two separate um, tag team titles on their brands. I know we don't want to get overloaded with belts, but you're going to have to maximize your rosters for both Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I think about some of the tag teams from kind of the Attitude Era, like DOA and yeah. um, the head the Headbangers. Um, headbangers, yep. Guys like that were I don't I don't know if they actually held the titles, but the they were they're memorable because we're I still recall them very fondly today. You know, they could do Absolutely. something. Even Breezango, Tyler Breeze and um, yeah. Fandango, I I like the new look this week and the whole back shaving. It was awesome. Um, I don't know if I agree that they need two sets of tag belts. I think you can tell stories without them. But I I do like my my brand splits defined very um, specifically. So if that's what it takes, I'm for it. Um, This was a great match. The reverse um, belly-to-belly off of someone's shoulders uh, from the kind of the top rope area. That was sick. There's gifts of that all over Twitter if you want to check that out if you didn't see it. Again, the, the good tag team wrestling. The heels cutting off the ring. Um, there was a set, there was two great spots where um, one of the other guys from the tag team would get in and kind of help nudge 
a spot to where they could do like a pinning combination that you thought might have been yeah. the end of the match. Those were great. Um, yeah. I think the more I watch, you know, Gable and Jordan, they do what they do very well, and I, there's no discredit I'm in giving them what I'm about to say, but I think Dash and Dawson might be the best tag team that this company has long term. I would agree with that. They're I would agree really, with that sure. really good. I want to see them wrestle the New Day. Um, oh, yeah. Very, very badly. Um, I, I kind of think I the, would definitely agree with that. I think the club might take those titles at Money in the Bank, but we'll get into that next week. Um, this was, you know, you said Nakamura and um, Aries was your match of the night. That was real close for me, but I think this tag match might have been my match of the night. I really, really and, enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really, it, it would have been my match of the night if it just wasn't for the some spots that I thought Austin Aries just put out that just made me be in all. But this match of the tag team match that we're talking about, definitely top top notch. And I think this match was better kind of than what they put at uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas. Um, I think it was different. I guess I can't. I don't have a favorite between the two. I liked them both pretty evenly, but um, oh, this was a though. very good match. And then post match, once the revival left with the titles, now they are two time champions. Um, we had a, a new unknown tag team come in and beat down American Alpha after they yeah. were already down, wearing all black. Um, two kind of someone on Twitter said they were Samoan looking. I don't know what their lineage is, but um, I'm look. I pulled it up online because I didn't know who they were. Uh, I didn't know either. They're um the they're called the tag team name is the Authors of Pain. Apparently they've been working NXT live shows for a couple months now, and their names are uh Sonny Dinza and uh-huh. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, it's G Z I M. maybe it's Zim, maybe the G silent, Selimani. Okay. Um and they are being managed, because this gentleman came out after the beatdown. Precious yeah, Paul Ellering, the former manager of the Road Warriors and a WWE Hall of Famer. That, Very interesting. That was really cool to see Precious Paul Ellering back on my TV set. Um, uh-huh. An absolute legend. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was part of that scaffold match that they had back in NWA WCW days. Um, this was great. I look forward to seeing, you know, I think that uh, maybe Gable and Jordan will give them a rub on the way out of uh-huh. NXT. Um so then I'm just kind of wondering, you know, what babyface tag teams they're going to have left in NXT. You have those new, uh, I think they're New Zealanders. They're mm-hmm. called, uh, what are the, what's the, there's some, two letters and two numbers. They're called the Mighty, the Mighty Don't Kneel is what they used to be called. I think it's TM61. Okay. But they didn't. I'm not sure off the top. They didn't super impress me with what I saw in their debut match, but I know that they're capable of a lot. So I guess we'll see. Um this was cool though, and then you had the opener, which we haven't talked about. Um, ten, and, yeah, perfect ten. ten, which is apparently you, everyone on the podcast except for me is like a ginormous fan of uh, Ty, Ty Dillinger now. I am. I think that's going to be my new favorite wrestler. I'm a huge. I'm, I, he's growing on me so much, kind of like Cody did. He's, I'm, I'm trying to not click click it yet as my favorite wrestler, but. He's very, very up there. I'm a huge Ty Dillinger fan. Well, it, apparently two changes too because he bought himself a Perfect 10 shirt that just came out because he's going to wear that in Brooklyn. Today. Oh, great. Because two chains is going to Brooklyn with um, with uh, his boy. Um, Jamal? Yeah, I, I just call him Giant Crab because that's what his name is on Twitter. Yeah, Jamal. Um, yeah. So the crowd, I mean, you guys aren't alone because the crowd loved him. He was like super duper. Oh, yeah. I loved his ring jacket, by the way. Um, this was a good oh, ring jacket nice. night. I just want to say that, by the way. 
Um, but he faced the debuting um, Andrade Cien Almas, um, formerly La Sombra. I thought it was great. I thought they both looked great. I, I thought it was good. I just yep. – it kind of stinks that Ty Dillinger has become the guy that loses to people that are debuting, specifically um, Apollo Cruz. Out of the next yeah, Apollo Cruz last summer, um, Cien Almas now. And I feel like there was one more um, – Austin Aries on TV, uh, maybe he lost to. Yep, it was Austin Aries. It was Austin Aries. It was, yeah. It was a TV yep. Mm-hmm. He may have also lost to um, Elias Sampson in his debut match on TV. I can't quite remember, but um, this was a good 35. match. Almas, he has got a good look. This was a great hair game, and for both of these guys tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm gonna kind of take a wait and see approach with what they do with him. Maybe the potential makings of a future. Uh, Hispanic megastar for this company, which they've desperately been looking for. And I don't think Kalisto's the answer to Rey Mysterio on that front, by the way. He's not. He's not. Great, great performer, but not an individual that can carry that. Yeah. So I guess overall, um, an- another great NXT takeover in the books. I don't think we've really had a bad one yet. Um, I guess, you know, we've already kind of talked about where we go from here with the NXT booking. At, um, I kind of look for Joe to drop that title in Brooklyn because I think he's needed on the main roster. I think that he he could be on the level, um, the same level as a Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens sure. has a lot of value as a uh, a strong heel worker. Sure. Um, he's a lot of people's pick to win Money in the Bank coming up a he's week mine. from Sunday. He's yeah. Mine. And um, I guess I don't have much else to say. It was a very pleasant show. I have not watched the Triple H Facebook interview that happened after the show yet. Um, we also are both looking forward to watching the Breaking Ground hour-long special that's airing right now as we record this. Yep. But uh, I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to have my eye on Game 3 and MTV's The Challenge, and I'll save all that for tomorrow. Sounds good. <laughs> Any other uh, comments from uh, Mr. Silly Sellis before we head out of here? You're, I got to put the teacher mode in it. What's your school letter grade? You want me to do it out of 10, or do you want me to give it like a report card grade? Give it a report card grade. Um, I will give it a solid... I'll give it an A-, minus only because I wasn't really feeling the women's match as much as I thought I would. Everything okay. else was uh, was very good. Um, specific- B-plus for me, so I'm, and I'm right on you with the same exact reasons. Yeah, I, I, the difference between this show and um, the one we attended live, in my opinion, was that um, I don't think we had a match of the year candidate. And I know that gets thrown out there a lot, but it's something that we look at as wrestling fans. Yeah. I think that um, Nakamura Zayn was a match of the year candidate at that mm-hmm. show. And I think that tag match at D- D- TakeOver Dallas was as well, um, to a lesser degree. But um, I thought all the matches were very, very well worked, um, with the exception of the women's match. Although it was not bad, it was not my favorite. What about right. you? You said B+. Plus. Yeah, B+. Plus. And, and, and the thing that we must realize as fans, I think NXT is doing, what, four of these takeover specials a year, in which they have, I guess we could call them the big two, the one at SummerSlam, which is always going to be NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which I'm assuming for the next couple of years, and the one right before Mania. Mm-hmm. I think those are their two biggest hits. 
Um, in addition to that, these, I guess, in-betweeners are always great pay-per-views, but they're always building to the bigger ones. So we know the SummerSlam and the WrestleMania ones are the biggest ones. So as long as it transitions well into it, I think I, I can't knock it for being for what it is. And it, it was good. It was decent. Well, not decent. Great wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, building for, you know, what it had to do for the future, but not bad at all. I think that we're going to have at least five takeovers this year because we have the one. They, they went the whole year up until... April for the first one in Dallas, but you have this one now in June. You have the one in August. I think you have to have one in the fall at some point. Right. Maybe October. Um, they, I think they did the Dusty Classic one in September last year, if I'm not mistaken. But then they did one. Right. They did London in December, so you know you have to have a winter one. So I think we're going to get five this year. They, and we might have okay. gotten five last year. I'm not sure. We're probably due for another um, WWE live special Kind of like Beast in the East type of thing, like the MSG Probably show. Of July. There's a Cruiserweight Classic. You're not counting that as one, are you? I'm not, but okay. I wouldn't put it past them to do the finals at the next at the Takeover, maybe after SummerSlam weekend, sure. whatever the sure. next Takeover is, because I think the Takeover or excuse me, the Cruiserweight Classic doesn't that start in July? In July, yeah, I think around the Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like to see another live special, specifically the one in Hawaii where they're going to have John Cena wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura, that would be, Mm -hmm. I would be very interested in watching that. Um, But I guess we'll kind of wait and see, you know, they don't want to give um, the whole whole thing away. I think you could also just as easily save Nakamura, John Cena for a pay-per-view next year whenever he gets called up. So, um, all right, well, this was good. Um, You have two thumbs up from the big old belt crew on tonight's uh, NXT TakeOver The End. Um, we look forward to seeing what comes next from the NXT brand. I think um, I'm what I'm hoping that they don't do is what they did after WrestleMania, where they taped like a bunch of stuff that wasn't really relevant to storyline purposes very yeah. much. Um, but I, I don't think they have any NXT episodes in the can right now. I think they'll probably tape them over this weekend. Um, so I'm I'm hoping they advance the storylines quickly because I'm very intrigued by um, the next title feud which i think is nakamura and joe and what they do with austin aries as well as you know bobby Roode coming into the fold will be very interesting so um for mr sidley Sellis, this is aaron big gold belt wrestling podcast don't forget to catch part one uh, where dr m and i talked about all the wrestling stories of the week including brock lesnar and raw and um we look forward to getting with you guys again sometime here soon uh you know with our sunday episode so take care enjoy talk to you soon